Chris Lee, Blake Lovell, and Max Barr of Southeastern 14. Basketball was canceled on Wednesday night as the, the world stopped spinning in the wake of Nick Saban's retirement. Isn't, isn't that what happened, Blake? Listen, here's what I'll, I'll say what I told many others. The reason Nick Saban retires is we watch more Alabama basketball. Um, you know, <laughs> he, he figured he's missing some of those non-conference games and want to get to watch a little bit more. Um, put on the hard hat, ready to go. But I think he also wanted to watch SEC basketball. He wanted to watch the resurgence of this conference. That's that's just the, the rumors I'm hearing. But, you know, I don't have the inside information that you and Trey Wallace and, and others have. So. I loved John Rothstein's uh, tweet. Someone asked him, hey, John, what do you think about the Alabama coaching change? He goes, Nate Oates didn't get fired. <laughs> yeah, didn't get fired. Oh, tunnel vision. Somebody, on well, yeah, somebody spent that, sent that to me. I mean, give, give Rothstein credit. He is always on brand. Um, seriously, I mean, b- before we, we do get into basketball, what, what a night. What a morning. Wake up this morning and Bill Belichick is out and – in New England, I mean, it is a footnote. Pete Carroll also out in Seattle. I mean, what a – this is the most significant 24 hours for, for coaching news in, in the history of sports. I mean, it's just well, crazy. Again, yeah. what's the common theme? They all wanted to watch more SEC basketball. They did. And That's let me tell you, it's, it's worth watching after after what we've seen. I, I wouldn't say Arkansas fans are not going to say that. but no. um, We'll get to them later. Hmm. All right. Anyways, um, our show is presented by someone. It's presented by Bet Online, um, where we do talk basketball here. Uh, NFL playoffs right around the corner, NBA season in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get in the action, see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That is B-L-E-A-V. Get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The game started in Starkville last night where this game was almost a toss-up coming in. I think most of the computers had Tennessee about a one-point road favorite. Mississippi State, of course, recently got Toulouse Smith back. And, and boy, did he make a difference. It was a battle down the stretch. Guys, I, I thought Zakai Ziegler by himself was going to will Tennessee to a win. Falls led that one late. Smith's three-point play late was the difference. Falls, or excuse me, the Bulldogs get a garbage-time breakaway dunk at the buzzer uh, to extend the margin from three to five. Tulu Smith had 23 points. The aforementioned three-point play. This is what is shocking to me, Blake. I know the last 20 years Mississippi State has not been, you know, certainly a top third program in the league, maybe not a top half, but it's had some good teams. It's won the conference a time or two. Um, Going back a little further, it's been to a Final Four. I think, I don't know if the AP put this out or the SEC Network did last night, and I'll find it. But I think that was State's first win against a top 10 AP-ranked team since 2002. I did not realize it had been that long since State beat a team of that magnitude, Blake. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. I I didn't know that either. Um, So, yeah, you would have thought they would have 
gotten somebody along the way, but uh, apparently not. But yeah, I mean, this was uh, here's here's what I think. I'm Sorry, make, make think. that top make that top five, not top ten, but still. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see top five, top ten. Yeah, that's, yeah, okay. Um, but here's what I think. All right, I think Tennessee and all other SEC teams to this point. I think they should go to Commissioner Greg Sankey and request something. I think they should request that no team have to play on the road for the rest of the season. <laughs> Knew that was coming. <laughs> because if you play on the you might as well just, you know, you got to play on the road. Sorry. Like, we appreciate you showing up, but you're about to get beat. Now, of course, I say that half-jokingly. We all know we were talking about what was the main theme uh, last weekend, right? It was revenge of the away teams. Like, first slate of opening play, LSU goes and wins. Kentucky goes and wins and other ones like that. But not in the midweek, folks. Um, midweek teams at home. Max, what's their record this week at home? Midweek? They only lose one? No one lost, did they? No one lost? Who am I forgetting? Alabama beat South Carolina. Kentucky beat Missouri. LSU beat Vanderbilt. Auburn beat Texas A&M. Mississippi State beats Tennessee. Georgia beats Arkansas. Ole Miss beats Florida. Yeah. Midweek, home teams go 7-0. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, here's here's where we get into the, the weeds here, all right? If we chalk this up, are we concerned about Tennessee? Um, or is this just college basketball? Because as Ma- I'm going to give Max the floor to bring up the stat about why this is such a historic loss, not just for Tennessee, but for the top five in college basketball. But I don't know, man. I, it's just a tough place to play. We all picked Tennessee. You knew we were done for when that happened. Um, but I just, am I, am I surprised? No, like this is this is what happens. And I think, again, Mississippi State, we said it. They're a different team with Tolu Smith. They get him back. These are the kind of games that you get him back for. Like you get him back for games like this where you know you're playing a team that you're going to have to play well, but you know everyone's not going to play well. That's why you need someone like him and put him in a position to where he can give you a chance to have success. You know, both teams turn the ball over quite a bit here, um, but that's to be expected when you have two defensive teams like this. I mean, the way they play, you expect turnovers. And so it just came down to who was going to take advantage of that, who was going to take advantage of their opportunities, you know, Scoring-wise, it winds up being a, a two-on-two game here, right? Where it's Josh Hubbard and Lou Smith against Dalton Connect and Zakai Ziegler. Like, just – but everybody else around them struggled a little bit, you know, didn't have their best games. Um, I know Max probably going to bring up, too, the, the A-Do situation, foul trouble. Like, those – all those kind of things factor in when you have a game like this that's on the road in conference play, and it just so happened that, you know, Mississippi State put themselves in a better position than Tennessee did – they made the plays down the stretch and found a way to get a huge win here because, as we said, we looked at Mississippi State's schedule. We said, boy, this feels like a not a must win, but like this is a very important game based on the upcoming schedule in the first half of the schedule for this team. First off, I want to start with this game right here is is why I love college basketball. This is what it's all about. Did you see Chris Jans in that locker room post game? I mean, the 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 passion, the you can tell how much it meant to the team, how hard they fought. It's just this is what it's all about. I love this stuff. And this is coming from someone who had a small wager on on Tennessee. I this is what I live for. 
So, Blake, you mentioned the stat. John Fanta, the great John Fanta, uh, tweeted this out last night. This is the first time in the history of the sport of college basketball that four of the top five teams have lost in a, in a two-day span. First time ever in history of the sport. Guys, we are living through, we are witnessing the most parity in college basketball that there has ever been in the history of the sport. It's, it's, un, it's, I'm just, I'm honored to, to be able to talk about it. This is unreal. Like I'm shaken with, with how much this, how crazy. This Max is. Barr all in. Max Barr all is in. all in. I, Tennessee listen, fans, I, he's all in on you losing. That's what he's saying. He's all in on you losing this game. Not exactly. <laughs> I'm just, I, I can't believe how crazy this season has been. It's only, and it's only January. You know, um, when when you look at the game, I think both teams have stuff that they can take away as positives and negatives. Um, you're looking at you're looking at one of the best freshmen in the, in the country here in Josh Hubbard, just not getting enough credit. Uh, unbelievable shooter, and the, the the way that he gets his shot off, how high he can get on his jump shot, it's just it's impressive. And then. You, you add five steals from DJ Jeff Jeffries, one of the best on-ball defenders the conference has to offer. And finally, here we go, Tolu Smith, back and better than ever. Um, Mississippi State's going to have to do some work on breaking the press. You know, that, that that's how Tennessee got back into the game. And Chris Jan said it in his, in his post-game presser. He said we're going to have to work on that. As for, for Tennessee, uh, I, I said it in the preview. I said Adu has to work on his physicality and positioning and Rick Barnes said it in, in his post game. He said, no one should be able to back us down the way they just bullied us and backed us down. Um, I do think that some of the interior foul calls down the stretch were a little bit questionable, but hey, that's college basketball. You're going to get that on the road, right? So a little bit concerning with, with Tennessee's lack of, you know, inconsistency with Josiah Jordan James and Vescovy and stuff. I would like for them to be more consistent. And so would Rick Barnes. Um, and then for Mississippi State, now we're going to see teams pressing pressing the heck out of them all game, right? Trying to force turnovers. So both teams with some positives and some negatives, but man, I am just beaming with, with how, how crazy these games have been. Yeah, Max, you, you hit on a lot of my thoughts. I, I think this is one of those years. I mean, look, I don't think we really know who's got what with, with no a lot of certainty until, until mid February is when I start really making firm judgments on teams. And even, even then sometimes, <laughs> a team is kind of running away with it, and then they'll show some cracks late February, early March, yep. and those are the things we should pay attention to. So even then it's – but, I mean, I think we start finding out mid-February who's who's in the discussion to being good. So we got a long way to go. Um, that that said, this this feels like the year that somebody's great-grandmother is going to win your bracket pool yeah. if it's ever happened. Um, let's look at the carnage across college basketball last night for ranked teams. We have Tennessee. We had TCU beating Oklahoma. I think that one was in Fort Worth. It was. We had Butler, which is a decent team, knocking off Marquette. At Marquette. Um, at Marquette. We had uh, Virginia Tech beating Clemson, um, which was was in Blacksburg. So not a, not a shock. But I was listening to the field of 68 this morning, and I can't remember the stat if it was across all of college basketball or if it was power five, but I think home teams are winning games, maybe in conference play at a 66% clip, which was up from 61 a year ago. Is that something that falls apart later or something that's going to hold? I, I don't know. 
mean, we, we just went through this whole thing of, hey, there was carnage at home over the weekend. And, and midweek, everybody at home holds serve. So I don't know where this is headed. But I feel like it's going to be unpredictable and it's going to be fun. Um, f- final thought here on on Mississippi State, Tennessee. What do we what do we think of the banana people getting arrested and hauled off? <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Brandon Walker was having a lot of fun on Twitter with that. Um, yeah. Listen, I mean, Starkville was was incredible last night. That atmosphere was was nuts. I think that was one of the best crowds they've ever had. Uh, it, it's just ex- expect this now from now on, you know, buckle up because that's how it's going to be here in, in SEC play moving forward. Next up, let's see. Who was next up, Max? Oh, gosh. A tough one is next up. <laughs> yeah. Um, Where are we, we going to go? Chris, it's on the screen. Oh, okay. Boy, there we go. Georgia, Arkansas. <laughs> Man, wow, you really you really forced Arkansas fans to sit here and just wait. And he, they thought you were probably mocking them at that point. Wow. <laughs> Arkansas fans. Chris, Max all in on Tennessee losing. Chris mocking Arkansas. This is just I'm I'm gonna sit back here and just get these two in check. Okay. Because <laughs> these two are out of control here. Um we, we are going to Georgia and Arkansas. Go ahead, Chris. I'll let you do the intro on this, this one. But this is my made lesson Arkansas, about multitasking. You made Arkansas fans wait a full 10 seconds as the score is sitting on the screen. <laughs> I I got nothing here. And did, did it ever, Max, did it ever feel like Arkansas was going to win this game? A little bit. A little bit down there. And they, they came out in the second half, you know, really fighting. It's just like the previous games here with Arkansas, it's you need an insane individual performance. Like, you know, Tremont Mark starts, starts making some shots and then every offensive possession is just Tremont Mark, one ball screen, Tremont Mark isolation. There's no motion offense. Um, Jackson Collier on, on Twitter is a good follow for, for Arkansas fans. (laughs) He was asking, he was asking the fans at halftime, you know, what are your thoughts? And those comments were just brutal. Uh, I think you got to understand here, though, that Georgia is – this is just not the same Georgia team as we've seen in years past. And Blake has – I'm sure Blake will, will touch on that a little bit. But, you know, Eric Musselman said in his postgame, we're not defending like we have the past three years. And if you're not doing that, you have to have the offense help, and it's it's not at all. So the you can name off a list of things Arkansas has got to work on, ball screen defense, motion offense, all this different stuff, strength in the interior post. Um, but I think right now you just got to – coming out of this game, you have to tip your cap to Noah Thomason and Justin Hill. The, the point guard duo that they have there is is great. They found a way to win with Abdur Rahim only making one three. Um, so, I mean, geez, this – I'll watch this game back for sure. I caught – I didn't catch the whole thing bits and pieces. Um, was watching Ole Miss in Florida and this one at the same time with two eyeballs going different ways. But uh, Noah Thomason's a difference maker for this team for sure. Um, it's a different team now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what else to say about where Arkansas is at right now. I mean, it's tough to say much right now, Blake. Arkansas fans have have watched, and not many are watching anymore. Um, you know, we talk about them here, and it's just there's just not a lot to to add that we haven't already said. Um, like I said, it's you know we made our predictions. It's just how could I think Arkansas was going to win? They never led in the game on a single time, right? And so it's. How could I think that they were going to come in here and beat a Georgia team that 
is playing as well as they have in years. I think you could make the argument like yeah. <laughs> literally years. They have yeah. not played this well. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to focus too much on Arkansas here because I think it's, this should be way more about Georgia, even though I yeah. know in the grand scheme of things, Arkansas fans are unhappy and I get it and understand all of that. But I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I do. I think back to the conversation Chris and I probably had when Mike White got hired and I'm just going to say the same thing I said then, like it was the perfect fit. It was just what the Georgia basketball program needed at that time. And I know we're only two games in the conference play, but this is different. Like this is a different feel for this program um, than what we've had in a, in quite a while. I know Mark Fox had some good teams there. There was good talent, whether it's, you know, JJ Frazier, Yante Maton, all those guys, but man, like this team right now, like they, they, they've got a, a groove, they've got the momentum um, and they're taking advantage of their opportunities. Cause again, you talk about a Missouri team that's been struggling an Arkansas team that's been struggling. Like we said, you know, it's just the nature of college basketball where sometimes maybe you go on the road and play a Missouri team who just manages to get the win, even though they've struggled to this point, or maybe you play an Arkansas team who's absolutely desperate, but yet Georgia's able to with, you know, hold both of those teams off and pick up two great wins. I mean, I'm calling them great wins because it is like where the Georgia program has been. These are great wins to start off SEC yeah. play at 2-0. and um, And now a huge opportunity on Saturday against Tennessee, Ooh. which we'll talk about. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, man, it is. There's not enough good things I could say about the Georgia basketball program right now. Um, and like you said, it's it's a variety of guys. The addition of Thomas, like there's just there's so many things you you could point at, um, and it's hard to just kind of look at it within this game because you know the story of this game. I just want to I want to point this out too. It kind of ties into the first two games here. Um, you know, we all talked about the improved three point shooting in the SEC, right? That was the whole talk of non conference play. Well, guess what? The SEC has settled right back in where it usually is when it comes to three point shooting among conferences. And right now is shooting a crisp 29.9% from three through the first two set of conference games, which is 31st out of 32 conferences. So that's about what you expect in this league. Like we see teams, I said it, Max, you're going to see teams shoot it well in the non-con. You're going to see offenses find their rhythm. But boy, when they get an SEC play and you start playing some of these teams that have a little bit more length on the perimeter, um, you know, force you to take worse shots. Like it's just – it's going to happen. And so far we've seen a lot of teams struggle from the perimeter. And that was kind of the case here for these two teams, but yeah, Georgia with the win 10 straight and Arkansas. I don't know. Cause I mean, their upcoming schedule, they're at Florida. You talk about two teams in desperation mode at Florida on Saturday. It's about to turn into a, you know, loser leaves town cage match here. Um, Cause somebody's going to 0 and three in the sec and not going to be very pleased at that. So, yeah, there we are. I watch Georgia. I don't know that it's a team with stars, certainly not superstars, but it, it's a team that's got eight or nine quality players. This feels to me like it's it's an NIT season, um, just with the depth of the league. I think getting the NCAA tournament's going to be hard. But I mean, they they've banked a lot of wins already. You, okay, know, we we can we can have, well look. It, we just went through this whole spill of. College basketball is unpredictable. Who knows? I, I wouldn't take it off the table, but that feels like the most likely outcome to me is we're sitting here doing this mid-January. But, Blake, I watched that game last night. I remember having a vague recollection maybe seven, eight years ago about somebody writing something 
in the AJC because we, we go to the SEC tournament when it's in our backyard every year, and and Georgia just brings nobody. Um, and I remember somebody writing: Georgia fans almost have a a pride about how disinterested they are in basketball. I watched that place last night. Attendance was announced at I think nearly eight thousand, and I would have liked to have seen a pan to the whole arena. Maybe they did that when I wasn't watching, but it felt like that place last night was pretty energized and, and into it. And and if you can do that in year two, uh, at Georgia, I, I think you're you're getting some places. Well, yeah, I don't blame Georgia fans for not, you know coming to the tournament over the past little while because there's only been one SEC team since 2016 that's not made the tournament. And it's Georgia. So, I mean, so I don't blame them. I mean, <laughs> they have been the outlier. And again, we talk about, we know Vanderbilt kind of hit rock bottom while back there. Georgia's hit rock bottom two years ago. We hadn't seen teams bottom out the way that those two programs did. Um, we haven't seen that often in SEC, in the SEC, like just historically. You look at teams like there have been some bad teams, but like I don't know that we saw the depth of kind of those two. Like even in what was it six and twenty six? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like even going back to last year, like South Carolina, we thought maybe, but South Carolina won eleven games, right? They won four SEC games. Like LSU won fourteen games last year, despite only winning two in the SEC. But like you're talking about a different level when you're six and twenty six and one and seventeen in the league. And again, we go back to some of those Vanderbilt teams that were really struggling. Obviously, the team that went zero and eighteen. And all that. Um, we just hadn't seen that whole lot in the SEC. I mean, maybe Missouri, like 2017, that's the year they won eight games, I think, two in the SEC. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that stat is still, I did that stat a couple of years ago, but it's, I'm pretty sure it's held up since then. Is that Georgia's, you know, the only team that hasn't made it since 2016. So that, that shows you the depth of the league, too, by the way. That's, that's not that long ago. And yet every team has made the tournament since then, except for Georgia. So yeah, this is the, I, again, I just – this was what Mike White needed. He needed to get away from the pressure of the Florida job, reset. He's a good coach, and I think this was a better position for him after all the pressure that came with following Billy Donovan at Florida and knowing the expectations were, if you're not winning back-to-back -back national championships, it seems like a disappointment. And so this was perfect, and I'm glad that they're having success. All right, Blake, you, you referenced the league's miserable shooting. Well, one team could shoot last night. This team shot 59% from the field, 40% from three, 85% from the free throw line. And that wasn't even the most impressive part of the game. Jamarian Sharp playing 17 minutes, blocks nine shots, which I think was, Max, I believe you told us in text last night, I've not fact-checked this, a school record. Yep, Ole Miss record. My, my my goodness, Ole Miss last night. Lord have mercy on your soul if you ran into that buzzsaw in Oxford. That atmosphere was was incredible. I mean, I think we're starting to see just like you know these schools. You see, you saw it with Georgia, and now you're seeing it with with Ole Miss. You saw it with with Florida in their first home game. These you know. Opening SEC play home games, the, the atmospheres have just been unbelievable. Um, I think you got to mention Jamin Brakefield and, and his stretch of, I mean, I would say a tear, an offensive tear that he's been on. Um, and if you watched Ole Miss in those first few games uh, you, when they didn't have the, the transfers like the Eastern Washington, the Detroit Mercy, Sam Houston State, 
Brakefield did not look like he was playing confident. Looked looked like he was a little bit hesitant. And I was talking with uh, Tim Thomas, uh, who does some some good stuff with Ole Miss, and it, we were just shocked by the confidence that Jamin Brakefield's playing with. It's night and day difference from how he was playing uh, in the beginning of the season. Uh, as far as, as Florida is concerned, Todd Golden came out and said our defensive effort was atrocious, just atrocious. Um, and I mean, what you know, what do you want to take away from that? Uh, you know, they 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 battled in the first half a little bit, but coming out in that second half, just just kind of fell asleep there. I'm scratching my head on on Riley Kugel's minutes. Uh, Golden was asked about his minutes, and he said, uh, "quote I didn't think Kugel had it tonight." Um, so, you know. I'm not really sure what the minutes going forward for Kugel are going to look like. If he's getting four minutes a game or single-digit minutes a game, that that really changes the outlook of this team. Um, you saw how important he was for keeping uh, Florida in the game against Tennessee or against Kentucky. So, I mean, you're going to need you're going to need Riley Kugel down the stretch. Um, but like you said, uh, Blake, you don't you don't want to fall to to zero and three, and I don't think you can fix all the defensive errors in what is it four three to four days but i think you can fix the effort and uh and and playing at home with your back against the wall uh i'm really looking forward to seeing this florida team bounce back with with just just a better effort and, and fighting and wanting it because they just didn't seem like they wanted it there in that second half yeah i mean i I said I could certainly see the hangover effect after the Kentucky game because it's yeah. not an easy spot because I think you just look at it and, like I mentioned, I, I think this was a great – the Tennessee game was just the perfect opportunity for Chris Beard to go in and say, here you go. You guys thought you were something at 13-0. Here's what it takes. Like, you need to be able to play a game like this, like the one Tennessee played in Knoxville. Um, and Ole Miss came back and responded. And – I just think I had more confidence in Ole Miss doing that than I did Florida um, for whatever reason. I just – I think it's the proven success that Chris Beard has had. And you look back at kind of over the years, you know, yes, there's been points like every coach where they've had losing streaks on the teams. But he seemed to do a pretty good job of kind of getting his guys back up after a loss. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I just – I think this was one where whether it's, you know, a guy setting a record for block shots, whether it's just – all the contributions you're getting from these different guys. I mean, I I think this was the perfect game for, for the point that I think Max and I may have made this summer. But we said, you know, when we were, everybody was kind of, you know, having their fun with us. And we were like, oh, yeah, we could go all in on Ole Miss at number three if, if they have that one through seven that we were so high on. We said the yep. one through seven, I would feel really good if I'm Ole Miss about putting my one through seven. And remember, this was before, you know, we knew maybe who was going to emerge, whether it was, you know, different guys playing different roles. But we've, we've kind of figured, hey, maybe you replace this guy with that guy. But one through seven, if you looked at the roster and they had Brandon Murray, they had Moose, he's like, hey, you could you could see it. And so, I you know, the Tennessee loss, I based on everything we talked about, I'm going to chalk up to going on the road, life in the SEC. Maybe maybe Florida fans feel the same way about this. I don't know that that's the case. I think Florida fans are probably a little disappointed right now knowing that they felt like they should have beat Kentucky. You go on the road and you kind of have a performance like this where defensively, again, you just not a lot goes your way. 
And they're also a team that just doesn't force a lot of turnovers. And I think that's something where, like we've said for Missouri in the past, right, like other teams like that, they may have weaknesses defensively, but they were able to force more tur- more turnovers and get easier shots. I don't have a lot of doubt about Florida offensively. Like, I think they're going to be fine. But the defense, yeah, still a lot to be determined there. And we'll see. Um, like I said, boy, you want to talk about a game that we didn't quite think would be the setup that it is on Saturday when they host Arkansas. Um, man, somebody somebody's going to come out of there, uh, kind of exhale a little bit. Uh, somebody else is going to come out of there thinking, oh, boy, like we, we got some serious issues, even though, you know, these fan bases may already think that. But I don't know. I mean, again, do we chalk this up just as one of those games for Florida after a tough loss to Kentucky? Maybe. But I think the Arkansas game will tell us more than maybe this one did. Uh, parting thoughts while oh. Oreo – Loses his mind here. I've, I've had it on me for a reason. Um, <laughs> I think he does. Well, look, I just again we're we're gonna we're gonna preview all the Saturday games as usual. We've also got the mailbag coming up, so you guys can leave your comments or questions for the mailbag. Do that on Twitter though. Go to at fourteen southeastern. Um, send us your questions. We'll have Friday's mailbag coming up. So do that, and uh, yeah, we will talk more SEC basketball uh, heading into the weekend games. All I have to say is appreciate what we are witnessing right now because it has never happened in the sport ever before. We're witnessing history, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I, I think I, I think night in, night out in the SEC, you're you're gonna see more interesting matchups across the conference schedule. Yep. And across major college basketball than, than we've seen in a long time. I, that that could be a dumb take that a month from now we say, hey, that was stupid. Auburn or Tennessee or Kentucky ran away with it. If you're playing them on most nights, you didn't have a chance. Maybe that's how it pans out. But as we sit here in mid-March, doesn't feel like it's going to play out that way based on what we're seeing early in conference play, not just in the league, but across the country. All right, this has been Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online. We'll see you again soon with SEC basketball predictions.